welcome to Vibe with Damari at Damari Healthy and Fit. Today's guest on our podcast is Lisa King. Her Instagram is The Fulfilled Pharmacist. Today, she's going to be helping us understand more about how to take good care of our bodies. Don't talk about this type of thing, but today we're going to be doing it. We're going to do it. We're, we're just putting on our big girl pants and getting this this talk ready to roll. <laughs> exactly. I like to call it lady talk, so we're having some lady talk. We're today. having lady talk. So all of you gentlemen that are joining today, you will be more informed for your ladies. Yes, and we'll, we'll have information for you too. Yes, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am honored to have you here today that you've taken time out of your busy week and to go over everything that we pre-discussed. I'm super excited to learn. So, Lisa, you have been um, in the pharmacy, being a pharmacist, for over 32 years. Yes. So tell me how that became your passion and where you got to where you are today and loving what you do. Well, I always knew I wanted to go into the medical profession, and mm -hmm. back when I was really young, my you know 18-year-old self was just thinking, well, I want to go into the medical profession, but I don't want to touch anybody. So pharmacy seemed like a great option for me, and my grandmother absolutely loved her pharmacist, and mm -hmm. she wanted everyone to become a pharmacist, and I always say I'm the only one who listened to her. So um, I've absolutely loved it, and I, I actually have made a bit of a change. I've always been in retail pharmacy, mm -hmm. and you know, pharmacy is not a glamorous profession at all, but I wanted to go into retail because I love that patient connection. I love being able to talk to my patients, to be able to um, share experiences with them, so yeah. it was wonderful for me, but I knew I was ready for a change, and in um, November, I actually stepped out of the pharmacy, and now I'm um, working two days a week at what we call a patient care pharmacy, um, so specialty pharmacy, and it's yeah. really wonderful just to still be able to connect with patients, but more in an office setting, so it's not like quite as hectic, so I'm, uh, I'm super excited about it. That's great. So it's two days a week, so you're able to like sit down and really talk to them about what the prescription is or what they really need and how they're feeling or how they reacted to their previous prescriptions? Yeah, well, okay. basically what we're doing right now in the pharmacy where I'm working at is we're doing um, medicinal foods, so different things that technically are not a prescription that okay. can be covered by insurance, specifically med uh, on the medical side of different insurances, but many pharmacies are so busy that they don't have the time to get the prior authorizations and different things mm. for the patients, so some of these patients really need these um, medicinal foods to function, specifically even like right now dealing with patients who have phenylketonuria. And, um, okay, that's a big word. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, it's a, it's a disorder where you can't process phenylalanine, so a lot of different uh, proteins have that, so these um, specific protein foods um, are used uh, daily for the patients to not have side effects um, from ah. other proteins that they can't process. And so we get these covered. So we take the time to get them covered and then send them to a specialty pharmacy to be filled. So it's really touching lives. It's um, still being in the pharmacy world, but not being on my feet for 20, uh, 12 hours, I was say 24 hours a day, because that's what it feels <laughs> like is 24 hours a day, but 12 hour shifts, 12 hours a day, and still being able to be home with my family and share about bladder health and uh, just wellness in general. Yes, 
and you are a mother of three boys. Yes. So that's in itself a full-time job. I mean, any mom, no matter how many children you have, is a full-time job. But then you get this beautiful, I don't want to call it an escape, but it kind of is an escape, that <laughs> you get to leave the house and do what you love and what you're passionate about, which is being a pharmacist. And now you get to work side by side with the patients, which is almost like being a doctor, but you don't have to touch them. You can give them a yeah, hug. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I, and I will add that I became a grandmother last year too. My um, granddaughter is going to be one in just a few weeks. So Congratulations. after having three boys, it's a welcome change to be able to buy some pink in this household. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So before we get into like the real pharmacy tech, I want to get to know a little bit more about you and our audience to know about you. So your mentor was your mother. Yes. Yes. Um, it's so funny because she really just encouraged me to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. I, mm -hmm. I really feel like you know being born in the 1960s with the women's live movement, oh, my yeah. mom was just she embraced it in the way that when she had a daughter, or my sister as well, two mm -hmm. daughters, she just kind of told us that we could do whatever it was that we wanted to do, and it, our the world was our oyster. So I really appreciate that about her, but she's she's my biggest fan, but she is real. Like, she'll tell me, like, Lisa, you can do this, or don't do this. Mm -hmm. or, so a lot of people will say, you're so lucky to have your mom. She encourages you so much, and she really does, but... She'll, she'll tell me, like, you know, you can try harder. You can do this, you know. <laughs> she, she, she pushes me along. So she's been great along the way. She's a very strong lady. So she calls you out when she needs to. She, she does. She does. <laughs> I think all moms do that, no matter how old our children are. That's just... I, I, I agree. I think we want the best for our children. And when we mm -hmm. see that they can step up to the next level and really make more of themselves and embrace their dreams and goals, we, we encourage them along. That's so true, so true. Um, so I had asked you a couple questions um, prior to the interview, and I asked you to help us understand uh, bladder issues because, as you know, I have multiple sclerosis, and yes. we have tremendous amount of bladder issues, both male and female, um, and we can't control it. And sometimes we don't know if it's the MS or if there's actually something wrong with us. So can you explain a little bit more about how women in general or someone living with MS or anything else, what happens when you have bladder issues and how you should react and get to your doctor to be able to get onto proper medication? Yes. Um you know, it's so interesting because I have an interstitial cystitis diagnosis and you have an MS diagnosis, but there's different things in the bladder mm -hmm. um, with the when it comes to the bladder that they really kind of correlate and I kind of wanted to go over that yeah. a little bit and that's how I kind of wound up sharing about bladder health. I was diagnosed um, 26 years ago with interstitial cystitis, which is painful bladder disorder. And um, now it's thought to be autoimmune, but years ago it wasn't. They thought it was just if you had ulcers on the bladder. Oh. Now they call it more of an umbrella diagnosis because it can be caused from ulceration, pelvic floor dysfunction, so many different things. But what it really is all about is just super, super painful bladder. I mean, most women can barely leave the house. I was probably urinating about 60 times a day when 
it was at my worst. Um, wow. Really horrible. So um, I started, uh, I had mentioned it on social media that I had this diagnosis. And when I was on other podcasts talking about my book, they mm -hmm. started asking me about it. And then I started getting messages. And um, and so many people started to ask me about it that I started just sharing more about interstitial cystitis, which led to just more about bladder health. But what I find very interesting with interstitial cystitis and the same thing with MS is a lot of times there's so many bladder symptoms going on that you're not sure if you have um, a urinary tract infection right? or not. And so you're thinking, like, you know, am I having this urgency because of um, MS? Is it an MS symptom mm -hmm. or is it, you know, that I do need to get to the doctor? to um, have something, an antibiotic for a urinary tract infection. So that's very common there. So okay. one thing I would keep in mind is to maybe just have some test strips on hand. Um, there are different test strips that you can oh. keep on hand. Yeah, you can get them online or at, you know, uh, a drugstore, and you can test to see if you have a UTI. So if you if you did have a UTI, then you, never knew you that. can go to the doctor to get the antibiotic. But but that's one thing that's very helpful because even for myself, mm -hmm. many times I would think, okay, I'm not feeling that great. Um, you know, is it a UTI or is it a flare right now? And I, and I would honestly hope it was a UTI because I knew a UTI would go away in a few days. If it was a flare, it could last, you know, years. But um, yeah. so that's one thing that I would keep in mind is just to have those um, test strips on hand. But there are different things that I recommend okay. to help um, prevent, naturally prevent urinary tract infections. And I know that's something that can be uh, very big with MS because yes. you're not completely um, emptying the bladder due to, it could be the brain know, stopping, or, yeah, spasms or our brain just saying, just, you, you exactly. aren't going to go to the bathroom. And yeah, it's going to be days uh, or weeks. MS, it could be a storage issue where, mm -hmm. you know, your bladder's overfilling or just not emptying properly. And then backing back up. Like it, yes. Yes. And then we end up in more trouble with them going on antibiotics. And being on antibiotics that much is not a good thing. No. And that's, you know, the same thing with um, women who have um, IC. A lot of times, you know, especially, and we had talked about this um, mm -hmm. in our little pre-interview, with IC there's a little... I don't know if it's a joke or what you would want to call it in the IC community saying that it takes eight years and eight doctors before you have a diagnosis. So because okay. you're going in a bladder pain, a lot of doctors will say, well, you don't look like you really have um, a urinary tract infection, but mm -hmm. since you're having all the symptoms, I'm going to go ahead and treat it. So you don't really have the UTI, but you're getting treated with antibiotics. And as, as you just said, it's not a good idea to be on an antibiotic if you don't really need to be. Yeah, because but, then your um, immune system builds up, and then when you really do need that antibiotic, it doesn't work. And then you end up getting worse or end up in the hospital. Right, and it's affecting your gut health. And, mm -hmm. you know, for those who have autoimmune disease, you know, good gut health is so imperative. But that, that's one thing I would recommend just to start is to take a probiotic. So you want to have that yeah. good, healthy bacteria um, build up your gut. Stay hydrated. Um, I know that... Every day. Um, 12 ounces. Yeah, when, every exactly. hour. It's exactly. a lot of water, but it, it helps. And it also helps with your skin. It helps just like going to bed at night. We lay down and we kind of dry up like a prune, right? Everything yes. is just kind of like shrunken down. And the first thing you should do every morning, 
relieve, try to relieve your bladder, <laughs> right? That's what mama always said. And then I always fill up a very large thing of water and I drink all of that, take all of my supplements and vitamins and what little bit of prescriptions I'm on and then drink a whole nother thing of water. And I found a huge difference in my skin, my uh, ability to be able to actually function much better. And yes. less time in the bathroom than when I was dehydrated. So explain that to us because... Well, that's true because a lot of times when your urine is very concentrated, it, it's kind of irritating to the bladder. Mm -hmm. So it sounds counterintuitive, but the more you drink, the more, you know, you actually have to go to the bathroom less. And I know a lot of times people with MS and even people with interstitial cystitis, they'll schedule bathroom breaks. So you want to have those bathroom breaks like every two hours or so mm -hmm. um, in order to, you know, relieve yourself so that you're not getting backed up. And the thing I always tell people as well is there's no prize in holding it a long time. So actually what I <laughs> recommend for women who don't have MS or IC is to urinate about every four hours because okay. that's the time it takes for um, bacteria to travel up the urethra. So if you, if you urinate every four hours, you're kind of flushing everything out. And so drinking water will just keep flushing everything out. Um, with that said, what I really like, too, to help prevent um, urinary tract infections is D-mannose. So a lot of people yes. will recommend cranberry juice. Oh, okay. But, yep. But, D but cranberry juice can be very irritating to the bladder. So for, for somebody who's already having bladder issues, that um, cranberry juice can be kind of uh, acidic and irritating. So D-mannose is very soothing. It's a natural sugar that's often found in cranberries, and it's not um, it's not absorbed by the body. So it's very easy to uh, take every day. It's not going to spike your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. It's not absorbed. It provides a preferred surface for bacteria to adhere to so that you can urinate them out. So um, I recommend taking it every day. It's safe to take every day. You can check with your doctor to make sure that that's okay with your doctor if, if you prefer. But D-mannose is something I really recommend. Um, okay. Really about the only side effect from it, and this, this would be a side effect with any natural sugar, is it can cause more increased stools if you take too much. Um, kind of softens mm -hmm. the stools a bit. But um, sometimes that's a good is thing. very effective for yeah. soothing the bladder and also preventing UTIs. So that's another thing that I highly recommend. Yes. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to jump a little bit with the UTI thing because, you know, we're always taught and I, and I know we're on live Instagram, but it's something we need to talk about because, um, at the proper age of having intercourse mm -hmm. after intercourse, you really should go to the bathroom. Yes, absolutely, and and proper hygiene. Now, proper hygiene. Yeah, not... another product that I do recommend, um, and this one's a little bit hard to find, but um, and I have no affiliation with this product at all. I'm just re recommending it as uh -huh. a pharmacist again. Check with your doctor if, if needed. But there's a product called TheraWorks Protect. Okay. Um, you can usually find it at Walgreens, and it's um, it comes like a two part kit. One is a, a wipe, and one is a foam okay. that you can cl cleanse with um, after after intimacy. And that is something that you can um, use to help kind of clean up a bit afterwards, and okay. it helps um, reduce the bacteria and helps prevent infection. So it's called so, TheraWorks Protect. It's in a couple box. Okay. So um, the one thing that we started using after I was diagnosed to just make sure that there was no bacteria 
at all. And this was actually, excuse me, let me back up. This is a year before I was diagnosed. I had to have a, um, help me out, a hysterectomy. And we thought the reason why I was having all the bladder issues was because of having three children and they thought I needed a bladder lift. So while they went in and took all everything out, they also gave me a bladder lift, but then I couldn't go to the bathroom for almost a week and ended back up in the hospital with oh, a, it was just a nightmare. But then I started like researching and figuring things out and the following year was the year that I found out. But let's get back to the whole issue of the, um, when you go through a hysterectomy, everything changes and, and it's you really have to relearn your entire female body parts again and healing and making sure that it's super clean so my doctor um and robert found online just the cottonelle wipes to just keep right with you all the time if you're traveling and you're in a busy location sanitary is big on staying your immune system, keeping it clean, moving forward. And I, I swear by those. I don't know if that's similar to the wipes you were talking about, but. Yeah, I think these are a little bit more antibacterial. Um, there, there was a study done on them. And the funny thing is if you look at the advertisement on them, they, they actually recommend them even for like athletes to use on their skin after yeah. working out. So, you, can, <laughs> um, if, you know, you're at the sweaty gym. But, but the study that they did on them was actually um, for uh, college-aged girls after mm. intimacy who are prone to UTIs because, you know, a lot of times even, um, you know, they call it, they used to call it, but years ago, honeymoon cystitis. So when you're (laughs) having more frequent intimacy and a lot of times, even if, like you said, traveling or something like that, the wipes, these wipes, antibacterial wipes um, are, are very good for that. I will bring up another point. Speaking of hysterectomies, a lot of times as women get older, they're more prone to UTIs and, you know, you kind of think it's your imagination. Like, oh my gosh, it seems like I'm getting more UTIs, but it is due to hormonal changes, so okay. um, that um, lack of lubricant, um, you know, to put to put it mildly, is that um, you know can cause more um, frequent UTIs because it provides a, a, a breeding ground basically for bad bacteria. The the good bacteria can't um, thrive, so yeah. you can use different um, feminine lubricants daily to just keep that area good. So yeah, healthy. So, I don't know. We're talking about everything. Healthy. <laughs> we, you know, it's not just it's not just going to the dentist. It's not just getting your hair done. It is a well-oiled machine. And if yes. you don't c- take care of from here to the bottom of your feet, then things start to break down. It's like a right. car. People take more care of their cars, better care of their cars than they do themselves. And listen, whoever's watching or whoever watches this later, you need to take care of you. So these are major keys that for women and some that we're going to talk about for men as well. Think of your body as that brand new car you've been saving for. Well, guess what? This is the only car you're going to drive every single day and live in. So this is your number one priority. Right. And then listen to that body as well so Mm -hmm. i mean if your car's got that little noise and you're like gosh i need to bring it in listen to yourself you know when you start feeling that something's not right i'm tired or i'm Mm -hmm. having bladder issues and you just know it's something more than that you needed the hysterectomy or something 
you have to really express that. You have to be your own advocate. And I know we've talked about this yes. as well. I mean, yeah. you, you have to listen to yourself. And there's a little saying that goes something like, you know, your body will whisper to you before it screams. And it, it's, it's the truth. Oh, that's so true. And my body mm-hmm. whispers and screams a lot living mm-hmm. with MS and the MS community. Um, and also with, I can't say the name of the disease. St- oh, that, yes. Inter- inter- interstitial cystitis. Oh, I know. That's a hard it's one. It's bad enough that it's so painful, but like nobody can pronounce it. They've <laughs> actually changed the name to um, painful bladder syndrome now because that's you much know, easier. cystitis is too much. <laughs> that is much easier. Um, so what tips on foods can we do to help us with bladder issues and um, women in general are just coming out of having a hysterectomy because of health issues or you are going through menopause? I mean, all of this like changes the entire dynamic of the female body. Yes, and, and then you bring up a really good point because as we go to midlife, so many women start experiencing overactive bladder and mm-hmm. it's something that you know women just don't talk about. Um, there's a recent study said that 70, almost 75% of all women will experience overactive bladder at least once per month and 25% of those women every single day. Wow. But over 50% of those women don't share that with anyone. They won't even share it with their doctor because they feel like it's a normal part of aging. They're embarrassed by it. It's, it's just something that people do not talk about. But the number one thing to help with overactive bladder and also even if you've had a lot of UTIs, your bladder lining can be irritated, that can lead to overactive bladder is dietary changes. So um, some of the biggest things to look for are um, spicy foods, citric foods, um, chocolate, it's all the good stuff, chocolate, alcohol, um, artificial sweeteners, that's just the starting point. There is a diet for interstitial cystitis that has many, many more product, um, many okay. more things on the list, like nuts, um, fermented foods, you name it, it's on there. But um, so many women that I talk to um, don't even realize that the supplements that they're taking are irritating their bladder. So for someone who doesn't have an irritated bladder, vitamin C is often recommended for bladder health. But mm-hmm. if you have overactive bladder or your bladder is already irritated, um, then that vitamin C can really irritate your bladder. So wow. any supplements, you know, even healthy foods like kombucha or, um, you know, a lot of green drinks um, I don't are do any really of that. Yeah. high in vitamin C. And, and those are things that you want to take because you feel like they're good for you. You want to be your healthiest, best self, but you don't realize that they're actually hurting your bladder. So, so it's important to talk to someone who kind of knows about bladder health. I've talked to so many women who will – just talk to somebody about supplements or, and that person isn't really familiar with interstitial cystitis or, you know, you know, the intricacies of overactive bladder and they're actually recommending things that are making their bladder worse. So, so that's something to just really keep in mind, read labels and just take a look at what you're eating because, you know, even just a few cups of coffee and then a glass of orange juice in the morning can really just set your day off on the wrong note when it comes to overactive bladder. Yeah. And, or, MS or any other autoimmune or even healing from a major surgery or yes. anything that your body is going through. Um, your body literally does talk to you. And if you start taking notes, which I learned after my diagnosis, taking notes of the, the changes within my body 
and what foods were affecting me. Why was I blowing up? Why do I not feel good? I went to bed with a thin face. I woke up completely swollen. Same with like abdomen and problems of that. And when you start taking those notes, just like going back to the car, you bring your car in. This is what's happening to my car. This light came on. This this, this, and this. Well, that's uh-huh. what you need to do. Take care of you. Have that body checklist of, oh, I just realized I have black money. <laughs> have that <laughs> body checklist of, you know, all the things going wrong with you. So when you get to the doctors, you are not forgetting or trying to remember weeks or maybe a year's worth of problems that need to be written down and talked about. And exactly. we need to really be our best advocate for everything in our life. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's in our life, we need to be the best advocate of it. So women and men, I believe, are ashamed to admit there's something wrong with us. Yes. Life breeds that there's something. When, when we are faced with challenge or sickness or anything going on we're kind of bred young and I believe this is from centuries ago you don't discuss it because then nobody wants to be around you that is wrong the more that you talk about things the more that you heal and the more that women and other men feel comfortable to sit down and say I've got a problem have you ever had this happen to you right Like all the women coming to you and saying, I've got a problem. I need help. Exactly. And and even just, you know, recently just me talking more and more about overactive bladder. I Mm -hmm. mean, over half of all women in midlife who are too embarrassed to talk about it. I mean, it's something that you shouldn't have to live with. There are so many different options. I mean, whether it be medication or a more natural option, going to a pelvic floor physical therapist, and and I know this can be helpful for people who also have MS. Back when I was first diagnosed with interstitial cystitis, no one saw a pelvic floor physical therapist. That wasn't even a thing, but they can be so helpful. And especially if you're having those bladder spasms, you want to be doing Kegel exercises properly because mm-hmm. a lot of times women will carry um, the stress in their bladder. So, so sometimes you know you can get a bad back because you're stressed from your back. Yeah, you can carry a lot of tension in your blad in your bladder, and that can cause those bladder spasms. So you want to make sure that you're doing the Kegels properly, that you're not making your bladder even more tense and more tight. So um, that's a great option too. Yeah, but then you don't ever hear that word Kegel exercises until you become pregnant. Like we don't teach our young daughters about this. And I believe that should be in the schools and at home as part of sex education or early going into before you have your menstrual cycle before the men like get to their to that part of changing in life and it's not taboo anymore i mean my god we talk about everything else in the world why is it so uncomfortable for us to talk about bladder problems uh bumps breast issues you name it uh hair loss it's just it's everything in life and acne also acne tells you what's going on in your body from if it's up here if it's in here if it's here your body is 
screaming at you through your acne telling you there's something wrong. Well, exactly. And, and even when I talk to women who have a painful bladder, and I'm sure the same thing with you with, with women and men that you talk to who have MS, it's all about healing your whole entire body. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just worry about healing just the bladder. I mean, yep. you have to reduce inflammation in your whole entire body. And for me, also, a really big part of my healing process was self-care. So I just was running, you know, nonstop from, you know, being, you know, in pharmacy school, then getting married very young, starting to have children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was diagnosed when my second son was uh, a year old. And I just, you know, I was working full time. I had was a young mom. I mean, I was just, you know, type A personality, never gave myself time to rest. And healing is really yeah. in the rest. And so not until every single day that I started um, doing a, a healing meditation. And when I say that, it wasn't anything big other than just really just Taking time. doing some breathing exercises, imagining my body um, healing and feeling good with my bladder. Taking that time of half hour every day, that's when I always say that was the icing on my the cake of my healing um, journey. Yeah. So it wasn't until that point when I started taking care of myself and really slowing down and listening to what my body needed was I able to start really moving ahead in the healing process. I totally agree. And I also think that um, women don't and men don't talk to their doctors to make appointments also because of insurance problems. Yes. So they put their health on the back burner. So I, you know, I'm very big on like we pay for health insurance. Health insurance needs to keep us healthy and not tell us we can't have certain things. But that's a whole and, other problem. <laughs> well, exactly. I was actually just reading a study on that as well. I think there's like a hundred billion dollars spent a year in um, pharmaceuticals. Hospital, yeah. yeah, hospitalizations from patients not adhering properly to their medication. I mean, so yeah. so it's like if you don't do something in the beginning, as we said, like the body, um, you know, whispering before screams. If you don't take care of things in the beginning, then it, it always winds up to be a bigger problem, even though you don't think it's going to be or you don't want it to be. Exactly, exactly. So I, after having my hysterectomy in the following year, I had a double mastectomy. I didn't realize and nobody told me about having to go on hormone replacements. So for from 2012 until two years ago, my body was just running dry, like no oil, nothing running in. And I was getting worse. My MS was getting worse. And I finally found um, Dr. Peters and Jeannie, and they got me on all natural supplements. And within okay. my first, my first piece of blood work was, oh my God, it, 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 I was the car on the side of the road, beaten, no tires, you know, smashed, whatever, like looking like, I, I don't even know how I'm here to six months later, a 70% change. Oh, that's awesome. And now I I got an A plus on my last checkup. But that's one of the things, like you need to continue to follow through. So when you're sitting with your patients like you do now twice a week, and do you have like a list that you ask them or do you just stick to the major protocol of what the bladder issue is? Like do you say, how are you doing? Is there any other issues? What can I help you with? Well, I mean, outside of, at work, it's it's funny because uh, this is a fairly new position I've had, but, but it, it's interesting because at, I've been a pharmacist in a retail setting mm -hmm. for, you know, 32 years. And so a lot of times I talk about dietary changes with my patients and they're kind of surprised because they're like, oh, my pharmacist wants to ask me about <laughs> sugar, but, 
But honestly, you know, that's another thing I will, um, I do want to add that um, yeah. sugar reduction is very important in preventing UTIs because sugar is a breeding ground for bacteria and your body can't um, thrive on sugar. And so, and, and especially that's one thing I would talk to my older patients about because they would be very concerned about memory loss and asking mm. me, you know, is there anything like supplements I can take over the counter for, um, for memory, and the one thing that I highly recommend is just reducing sugar. Now, what I recommend as a pharmacist is the American Heart Association recommendation, which is 25 grams per day for women and 37.5 grams for men. Okay. Um, and I have been called out on this, and people have said, Lisa, that is just way too generous of a number. But I really feel that you know, if you're at 100 grams of sugar per day and you're getting to that 25, you'll naturally go lower. And really, it's just so important to read labels because mm -hmm. there is sugar in everything. I mean, just for instance, I um, was talking to somebody the other day, and she had like this giant, I don't know, this big parfait of yogurt every day. And she's like, this is healthy. And I'm like, it's really not. There's so <laughs> much sugar in yogurt. And I looked at, a I just happened to look at it at the grocery store. A, a regular container of yogurt has 25 grams of sugar in it, which is wow. a one-day supply a sugar according to the American um, Heart Association. So even if you're having, you know, that one container of yogurt, protein bars um, are super high in sugar. Like a lot of people don't realize that. So well, yeah, I think that it's yogurt the packaging. Bar, you have like two yeah. days worth of sugar in, in supposedly healthy foods. So right? really reducing that sugar is so important to help memory, just for gut health, um, just to keep your body moving efficiently to prevent any infections, really, UTIs, um, and and just keep moving forward towards a better, you know, more healthy life. But I really feel that if you get to that 25 grams, your body will just kind of start going even lower than that on its own. So, so I use that as a starting point with everyone that I speak to is yeah. that 25 grams of sugar for women. Yeah. So it's kind of like d trying to get to the point of the a keto. Like yeah, keto diet, I mean, and, where but, I mean, a lot of times, it, and it's kind of hard with um, women who have interstitial cystitis. Because I was actually uh, just watching this like TED talk on um, intermittent fasting and keto, and there's just so many foods we can't eat, so it's, it makes it a little bit frustrating. But I mean, of course, you can have a chicken breast or yeah. things like that, but yeah. we can't have nuts. You could have an egg, but there's just so many foods you can't eat. And I know a lot of like. Paleo, um, like granolas and different things like that, will have a lot of nuts in them. So for uh -huh. women who have IC, they yeah. can't eat those because um, well, it will trigger their bladder. But but you know there are definitely foods that you can eat, and that's that's just one thing that you have to look for. It's just what can you eat instead of what you what can you not eat. So yeah, when you look at what you can at. have, it's much better than saying what I can't have. Because when you, exactly. it's like saying to like a baby, you can't have that lollipop. You can't have that little bit of ice cream. But when you say, but you can have this, it's, it's, it's a mind game. It's like retraining the brain and retraining the body and really looking at what we used to call the map, the triangle food thing. That's right. changed. That's not the same anymore. And, you know, living here in the United States, I, I love my home. I love the United States. But everything is processed. And now finally, within the last, I would say, six to ten years, we've started to see that gradual coming back of gardening, non-processed food, buying it straight from the, the butcher instead of pre-packaged. And if you're shopping in the middle of the grocery store, 
you're probably going to end up with bladder problems and other health issue problems because that's processed. Do you even know how long it's been in that box? Do you have any idea how much sugar is causing your body to have inflammatory? So it's really food equals health. Absolutely. I know. And for, even for myself, for years, I, I used to always say I was the queen of packaged and processed diet foods. I mean, I oh. that's all I ate, you know, was just, pack, you know, I knew exactly how many calories were in there, mm-hmm. just all processed foods. And so when I started on this healthy living journey about five years ago, my first step was really just reducing toxins in my skincare, my environment. And then it went to food. Just what can I start eating that was healthier? Um, started reducing the sugar started not eating at night um, after dinner because that really helps um, with preserving uh, memory and yeah. cogni- uh, cognition. Cognitive, so it's yeah. just, And it keeps just going. I, I really think for like my followers and the people I talk to, it's just about an awareness. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do it all at once. It's, it's no. just a journey. Just one step and one day at a time and just keep moving forward exactly. towards um, your goals of better health. Exactly. And, you know, it's just taking responsibility for yourself yes and you know. I always say even if you have a bad day let's say you have that piece of cake or two pieces of cake you you know you're gonna have a bad day I mean, yeah you, you can just start again the next day that mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you're you're not healthy anymore so just just keep moving forward that's that's the biggest um, yeah. point yeah just keep going forward you may fall back three steps but you take you know seven going forward and exactly. you remember what those three were that threw you back and mm-hmm. just keeping that list moving forward how do we like heal within our bodies itself so um also let's i mean we're talking about bladder issues and female parts and everything else when you have someone come in in their young 20s and they're coming in for prescriptions and you notice that they're coming in all the time do you recognize or say maybe you should talk to your doctor about this or do you have an idea that you can talk to them safely because you have been their pharmacist and you ask them a couple of questions yes absolutely and and that's one thing that i would always recommend to is usually if i see anytime i would counsel anybody who had a urinary tract infection i would talk to them about the foods that can really mm-hmm. be um, bladder triggers the spicy foods citric coffee um, alcohol chocolate um artificial sweeteners, um, sugar, because a lot of times people don't realize this. And then, you know, if they are having these continual UTIs, um, you know, I, I definitely recommend them reducing sugar. I've even talked to several ladies, younger girls, as a matter of fact, who were vegetarian or vegan, and a larger part of their diet was fruit. Um, so even though um, fruit is a natural sugar, they too were much of it fruit is than not vegetables. Yeah. And so they were, you know, I'm not saying that fruit is bad, but for someone who's prone to UTIs, mm-hmm. that's something to look at too. If you're having high amounts of fruit, high, high amounts of natural sugar, you may want to even look at, at cutting back on that a little bit as well and going more with vegetables for the time um, exactly. being, if you are vegan or vegetarian. Okay, so now this is another question, um, and I'm asking because I don't like taking baths, but there mm-hmm. are so many women, and my daughter, first of all, takes a bath constantly. Baths also can trigger a UTI and bladder infections. They can if, if you're not in, in clean environments. I've even seen a lot of women share about um, hot tubs 
Yes. The other thing that I want to um, talk about as well is, you know, the bladder is basically a holding tank. So it's where, mm -hmm. you know, you know, your urine passes through. So any toxins that you're taking in, any chemicals um, that you're absorbing through your skin, because your skin's your largest organ, they're going to go through and then go through the bladder. So if your bladder is already sensitive, I have talked to so many women who have bladder fair flares after baths at night because they're using um, chemicals soaps that are uh, highly fragrant, um, filled yeah. with different chemicals. And I mean, honestly, numerous, numerous women I've talked to who experience flare, flares if they do take a bath at night and have that really scented fragrance soap. Which um, I, I, I don't they make it look like it's so peaceful and so relaxing with the bubbles and like, yeah, it's full of chemicals. And yeah, you're exactly. sitting in it for, I don't know, half hour, 20 minutes, an hour, relaxing, and that this is our largest or organ, is our skin. And all of a sudden, you're just soaking it up. Yeah, so. I do recommend if you were having a UTI and you wanted to, like sometimes if you're very, very irritated, you can just put a little bit of water in the bathtub and add some baking soda to it, ah. or even Epsom salt. Epsom salts are good too, like for bladder spasms, so um, you're body will help absorb that magnesium and the Epsom salts and that can help with bladder spasms. Baking soda is a good way to just help um, reduce um, you know that irritation but just make sure your your you know bath is clean just fill it up with yeah. a little bit of water and add the um, baking soda or Epsom salts in there That's and that can good. be helpful as well. That's helpful. I'm gonna have to tell Simone that. <laughs> Very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and also young girls if you're watching I mean I have a huge variety of from 18 to 65 following me and it's just once again take care of your entire body this is your brand new baby your brand new car your brand new handbag whatever however you want to relate to it take care of this because when we don't it falls apart yes yes and, li and listen to what it's saying to you yeah i mean there's there's signs Lots mm -hmm. of signs. Exactly. Kind of like what are your what our old saying is: listen to your gut. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's so many phrases. Intuition. Listen to your intuition. Listen to your gut. Listen to your mother. Exactly. <laughs> I always listen to my mother. <laughs> um, so your mom was your greatest mentor growing up. Um, mm -hmm. Three boys, busy mom helping out so many people in the pharmacy at the pharmacy as a pharmacist working with medications um let's talk about one of your favorite things where would you love to travel in the world let me let i want to know more about you now oh i would love to go to paris one day i you know the funny thing is my husband and i are high school sweethearts we got married Aww. really young so we have not traveled very much at all and our kids are really spread in age so my oldest is 30 my youngest is 16. Wow. Um, so we always, just seem, we always just seem like we put um, travel like kind of on the back burner yeah. when the boys were little and then of course it was so funny I tell this story all the time um my husband did surprise me with a trip to England once and this was when my bladder was really bad and I Aww. actually cried I cried not happy tears like I was like oh my gosh like what am I going to do like I don't know where there's bathrooms in England so, I mean, for me to be able to go out and travel now and, and do whatever I want, I would love to do that. But I did take French uh, from for years in school, and pharmacy does not require a language, so that was the only reason I gave up speaking French. So my goal is, when I finally slow down, I want to 
relearn French and go to, um, Paris. go to Paris. Oh, you will love Paris. I've been there three, four times now. And, oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, just incredible. The beauty there, the history, the just like I love people watching I love sitting in a cafe and just listening to different languages and how people interact and the just the buildings the architectures you're gonna fall in love just like they say you fall in love in Paris you're gonna fall in love with Paris yeah you'll probably fall in love again with your husband in a whole new light so that would be amazing yes I would love that I hope you get there soon Yes, I know with everything crazy going on, I don't know if I'm traveling there soon. I know. know. Um, So, who is your one person in your life that you spoke to or you heard at an event or wherever it may be or you read a book that is one thing that really is a memory that you remember, that you will always remember, that you talk about, that encouraged you to become stronger and more empowered as a woman? Well, you know, I have never seen her in person, but I just, you know, uh, talking about books, I love Gabby Bernstein, like Gabrielle Bernstein. So I read her books all the time. And one thing that I'm really trying to work on right now is just experiencing more joy in my life. So I always felt, I think, in the past that if Mm -hmm. I wasn't working really hard or if I was feeling too joyful that you know the other shoe was going to drop or something was going to happen and so now I find that you know if I'm you know working on something online and I get a little frustrated with it I'm like okay put it down I just you know turn Uh on some music you know sing a song I was actually um, doing that like I made lunch for my son and then I it was so funny I put on this music from like my childhood a lot of times like on I the love that series. and then I just like kind of sing to it and it just makes me happy and, and it's just about experiencing more joy so I just yeah. really think that's just so important and for people especially people living with chronic illness to mm-hmm. just find those little bit moments of joy and yeah. that really I think is like uh, something that I'm keeping in mind for myself just experience joy in life allow myself to feel that I love that so what was your favorite song growing up that you played over and over and as you know we are both in the same bracket of the 60s and we didn't have CDs and you know Amazon put this on it was pick up the th- recorder put it on the record <laughs> and play over and over so what was your favorite record I should say or band that you listen to all the time well I always loved Michael Jackson but I I loved Greece I mean oh, so funny. Yes. Even when my I that summer that Greece came out I, I went to the movie theater to see it like six times and so funny when it, it would be on TV on reruns the kids when it would come on they'd say mom your show's on like they yeah. knew I loved Greece so I and I could still you know sing and yeah. dance to you're the one that I want that <laughs> feel very joyful right I'll be in the and, car and all of a sudden an old song will come on and I just start singing and then I end up laughing so hard that my cheeks are stuck up here and it takes forever to like let them go down and relax but it's the best thing that's why i always ask this question yeah i always ask that question what do you remember from your childhood and what was that one song that every time it comes on it just brings you back in time and it makes you really feel empowered and more enlightened as we get older and Uh sharing those memories yeah. 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 I, 
I, I love I love Greece. It's so funny because um, my husband and I, even though we're high school sweethearts, we went to different high schools, and so I kind of I think we're kind of like the uh, Danny and Sandy because yeah. I think he was a little bit of the bad boy, and I was like this nerdy girl who you know, turned out to be a pharmacist. So I always say if we were at the same high school, I don't know if we would have dated, but um, but it's worked out. Opposites attract, and you know we've been married. Um, oh my gosh, almost thirty four years now. Well, today is my thirty second anniversary to our first date oh well, happy so 32 yes. years ago today Robert and I went on a date for the first time and we're still together so yeah yes young love I love it young love um, so one other things we've gone over the bladder where you want to travel what your favorite music is I and also let's tell the audience you've written a book and yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that book? Well, um, my, my, the book I wrote with my sister is called Tiny Life Changes. So mm -hmm. we actually wrote it three years ago. And I've been on a little bit of a journey with it where we promoted it a lot when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't promoted it, but I'm, I'm going to start promoting it again because I really feel like it's a time of change. So yeah. Tiny Life Changes really came from a place where my sister and I went through a really difficult time um, at the same time. Um, in each of our lives. My sister was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 35 mm. when she was, her youngest Sorry. was one, so she couldn't even lift her own baby after her double mastectomy. And she went on to um, form a charity called the Happily Ever After League here in Phoenix, and um, she's helped thousands and thousands of moms through that, so she really has moved to something positive through that. About the time that she was experiencing that, mm -hmm. my husband and I went through the downturn of 2008. And it was a time where I went back to work. Um, but during each of these times, we both just delved into self-development. We're like, okay, you know, this thing is happening to us, but we're just mm -hmm. going to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of thank that situation in my life for bringing me to where I am today. And we wanted to just put pen to paper and just share what we had learned um, about mindset, about just keep moving forward. Um, and, and, and achieving your goals just one step and one day at a time. And yeah. I really think that's what change is all about. So yeah. I'm going to be sharing um, Women of Change on my page every Tuesday. We're going to call it Tiny Change Tuesday. And it's just about those tiny changes that lead to big results. And I think now's the time of big change, whether it be for health or just mindset or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But but I really think that 2020 is the year of change. Doing them daily, just bringing that awareness of change. Um, we'll just make that change happen in the future. Exactly. Well, I'm glad that you're going to be bringing the book out and promoting it more. I know I need to get a copy of it now. And um, promoting women is amazing. I love that. So thank you for yes, doing that. Yes, and I that. can't wait to share you as one of my um, women of change. Thank you. I was so, yeah, thank you. Yes, I jumped up and down. I screenshotted your, um, <laughs> your invite and what to do. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I was so excited. So thank you. Yeah, um, well, it's it's funny because I, you know, being a working mom and busy mom, I just feel like there's only so many hours in the day. Uh -huh. So it just kind of evolved because I was doing so many podcasts and things promoting the book, and then I started getting all the bladder questions. So I kind of started focusing on that. Mm -hmm. But I really do think Tiny Life Changes is just such, and it's a very easy to read book. It's it's we wanted it to really be a journal, and yeah. uh, our like publisher that. said, no, you kind of have it to have it a little bit meatier than that. It can't just be a journal. That is. Very easy, very simple steps, easy reminders. So it's for any level of self-development. So if you're just starting out, 
it's very mm -hmm. easy to read. If it's some, if you're somebody who practices self development daily, they're very simple reminders. So that's just, perfect. It's kind of a fun book. I like that. So can they get to your book through your link on your Instagram? Do you have a yes. direct link? Yes. Okay. You can find it on Amazon. Um, Perfect. It's at um, you can go to tinylifechanges.com and there'll be the link to Amazon or on the Fulfilled Pharmacist. I do have a link in my link tree to Tiny Life Changes. Yeah, my I have a direct link straight to my book also for Living mm -hmm. the Phantoms. Um, a journey I know, to I the get truth. Your book as well. um, and, and then my second one is um, we decided to make it bigger, so it's been pushed back two more weeks. I'm like, oh, oh gosh. I know. You know, it's it's a process. I I remember when I'm we like, first talked mean? to my publisher. He's like, writing a book is like writing having a baby. It's going to take about yes. nine months, and you're just thinking like, oh my gosh, we need to right? edit it again or add something else. You're just you like, change oh one thing, a period. It takes another two more weeks to go through the circle of checking everything. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And because I was like, well, no, this is my second book. I want it bigger. <laughs> well, and that's the one thing that we would, even my publisher said when we, the idea that we had with Tiny Life Changes is we wanted it to be small, like something that you could yeah, put, put in your purse. handbag and read at the car wash or whatever. But he's like, next book, it's going to be a little bit thicker than, than this one. So that's yeah, I, perfect. I, agree. I love that. So everybody, you can get straight to Tiny Life Changes right through your, uh, under your bio in your yes, Instagram. Absolutely. That's perfect. Um, is there anything that you would like to tell the men out there about bladder? I think some of these same issues apply with apply the, to the men. I, I okay. have um, had several women um, message me saying that their husbands were having prostate issues or, you know, just bladder yeah. irritation, frequent urination, and once they implemented um, the the foods you I do have a free report with all of these foods and more in my bio as well so you can access my free report there that's great um, and I do have a course on bladder pain so okay. um, but any of these foods they're helpful on so many levels whether that be for bladder pain for stomach issues I've even had women who've had burning mouth syndrome which is another whole thing at the pharmacy implement these dietary changes and it's helped with the blood um, wow. burning mouth syndrome so numerous different um, ways to help calm that bladder and um, check it out in my bio as well um, and you can get my free report right there. That would, That's great. Thank you for putting, giving that as a free gift for anyone going mm -hmm. to your bio and helping us women understand more and I believe the more that the world keeps moving forward things are going to keep changing as well as our environments and what is to come and we constantly have to be re-educating ourselves every single day and relearning I mean even though we think we know everything we don't know everything like, no and I'm just, taking this time really yeah. right now to listen more I I, I want to just listen to other people's perspectives whether that be about health about what's going on in the world whatever mm -hmm. it is just listen more and learn so that's kind of my little thing right now listen learn grow Listen, learn, and grow. I love that. Uh -huh. Well, we should be doing that every day. Yes. Yes. Listen, learn, and grow. And ex well, grow and expand a little. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. Is there anything else you would love to share with us? We've got about four minutes, and I want to play chit chat with you. As you know, if you've seen my thing, it's a brain game. 
and I got to do a brain game because my brain is, you know, all messed up from multiple sclerosis, but I actually got this game to help my brain. <laughs> I'm dying to play this with you. <laughs> so I'm excited. I do this with everybody at the end. So it is actually just a deck of cards. And I really think that you don't have to have a mess or whatever you're doing. It's kind of like this. And they're all these short questions. So I'm not gonna look at it. I'm gonna close my eyes. You're gonna pick right, left, or middle. And we're gonna pull one out. And then I'll let you see it before I even read it, okay? Okay, I'm gonna say middle. All right, middle. So here we go. I'm gonna take, this is, all right. Sometimes I like end up dropping all of the cards everywhere <laughs> all over me. Okay, let's grab this one. Okay. It says, what's your favorite joke? I pulled this one yesterday. It must be something that oh my needs gosh, to I'm know. So bad at jokes. <laughs> to get to the other side. <laughs> oh my gosh, I guess when it comes to brain health, I, I'm not going to remember jokes. I only remember half of them. <laughs> well, you know what? It made us laugh, so that's perfect. All right, let's go again. We've got a uh, minute 56 seconds remaining. Let's have some fun. All right, ready? Okay. Okay, I'm going to go with the middle again. Let's see if this the one's The middle better. again. Okay, well, I put the other one in the other pile, so I... um. Ah, uh, yeah, I should just like look like this so I know, kind of know what I'm doing instead of trying to look at the cards. All right, here we go. We've got this. It yeah, says, it. who was the best teacher you ever had? So here we go. Oh, I who love was the best teacher you ever had? I, I actually remember this lady and I, I've always wished I could find her, but um, I moved to Arizona from New York when I was in um, seventh grade. And so it was just a completely different experience because I was in a, um, a Catholic school in New York. And so when I came to Arizona, it was so different. This was the late 70s. So Arizona was kind of like this Western town. And I was going to a public school, but I was in um, this special program there because um, I'll just say it was a gifted program. But my okay. teacher there was also my. Um, my French teacher, and her name was Mrs. Wyckoff. So if anybody knows Mrs. Wyckoff <laughs> from Phoenix, Arizona out there, she was the most elegant lady, and she spoke perfect French, and she was just, I will just remember her for Aww. the rest of my life. I mean, she was just so eloquent and, and lovely and, and such a great teacher and just encouraged um, different thought and just, you know, told you, you know, to embrace who you were. So yeah. if you were kind of this nerdy, you know, embrace person it. who, you know, wanted to be by themselves and studying, you know, just embrace that, just whatever yeah. it may be, just, and then, you know, just em embrace whatever you wanted to do, like whether you wanted to write a short story, try something new. So I, I, I just love, love Mrs. Wyckoff. She was great. And, she, oh. and so in her honor, I'm going to relearn French. Thank you, Lisa. Oh. Oh.